How should we start? Fuck them, pals. <laughs> hey, bud. <laughs> I love calling people buddy. It makes them nervous. <laughs> buddy. Uh, See you later, buddy. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Bryn. And we are two writers who have some questions. So to answer those questions, each episode we're inviting a fellow writer to talk about their work. And some other stuff. Welcome to Shitty First Drafts. On today's episode, we're talking to poet Jeremy Michael Reed. Jeremy. Jeremy. Our pal, Jeremy. I'm bad at pronouncing things, a so nickname I say he loves. Jeremy. Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy Affectionately Reed. known as Jeremy. Um, we, we're so excited to have Jeremy on as a guest. He is a, a great friend and a joy to talk to about all things mm-hmm. writing related and Life basically the perfect first guest we could have had because he's very patient mm-hmm. um, and he articulate. He thinks we're very funny, so wow! Ego. What a delight! <laughs> I really love it when inflated. people think we're funny. Yeah, <laughs> woo! Amazing. I mean, we were we invited him on to stoke his ego, and you know, and have our egos stoked as well. We're all stoked. <laughs> so stoked! We are so stoked to welcome Jeremy, and we hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy. So let's start with this. <clears throat> Maybe I should do my Ira Glass. Go for it. Hi, I'm Bryn Martin, and this is Shitty First Drafts. I'm here with my co-host, Stephanie Phillips. Hello. And today on the show, we have Jeremy Michael Reed. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was Thank great, you. yeah. Jeremy Michael Reed holds a PhD in English and creative writing from the University of Tennessee. His poems and essays are published in... Occident Engine, still the journal, Valparaiso Poetry Review, and elsewhere, including the anthology Bright Bones, Contemporary Montana Writing. He's an associate editor for Sundress Publications, and he will join the faculty of Westminster College in Fulton, Missouri, in the fall of 2019. You can find more of his work at jeremymichaelreed.com. Whoop, whoop, whoop. That's right, folks. Jeremy's leaving us. Yeah. But I'm, I'm really glad to be here right now. Yeah. Welcome Thanks for to our having podcast. Me. Yeah. How so the hell are you? you? I'm great. <laughs> it's a Friday night. Yeah. Week, work week's over. Do you even, you don't have a regular work week, though. No, it's all on my computer. <laughs> but it feels like it's like, still. You you're know? not doing that nine to five. No. Nine to five. Like us. Way to make a living. I don't know that song well enough to sing it on. I mean, that's you were right. You were on it. That's all. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> um, so today, today, Jeremy, you've brought in a couple of poems for us. Yeah. One you wrote in undergrad, right? Was that the yeah. time frame? Yeah. The first one I wrote in like halfway through college. Okay. Yeah. So you're twenty-ish. Yeah, I was twenty-one. 21. Barely. Okay. And Fred? had you taken? classes like poetry classes yet or i had not taken any poetry classes um but was writing some and interested in it and writing starting to write more poems mm-hmm. um yeah so how did you get introduced to po- like what made you start writing poetry on your own if you weren't in classes i mean where you you were in the english program right so you were mm-hmm. kind of in the same world but can you pinpoint a time where you were like I mean, not like, ah, yes, now I write poetry, but like, what kind yeah. of, what was the process to get to starting? Yeah. Um, so for me, I started writing in high school. Um, I found, I, you know, was given um, a couple books and started like following out who they had influenced. I, I read like um, The Great Gatsby or something sure. in, in okay. eighth grade and was like, oh, this is cool. And just started reading other American writers and ended up at some point getting into like Allen Ginsberg and Walt Whitman and like all the pretty standard like yeah. teenager mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, but then I had a friend of mine who started a um, a little blog that we all did where we had to write stories that were only fifty words. Oh um, wow! Yeah. And so we would all post to that thing, and that kind of was what got me started, I guess. And I thought I was going to write like fiction or something. Yeah. Um, don't we all? <laughs> yeah, right. I was going to say. I still do. Same. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but it kept going for me, and I, I would write some 
some poems every once in a while are things that I didn't know what they were. Um, and then, you know, halfway through college, the stories kind of fell away and it mm. was mostly poems. And that's when this is when it happened. comes from. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to have you read it here in a bit. But before we hear that, I kind of want to get some context for, I mean, I guess a little bit you've talked about um, how you got to writing, but how were you thinking about writing? Was it something you were considering in terms of like an, from an academic standpoint or was it more just like these things were coming to you and so you were writing them down? And How were you thinking about writing and what, what did it mean to you when you were 20, 21? Yeah, it was, um, I mean, I think any young writer has this, or at least for me and a lot of my friends, it was like we had this wish that we might one day write you know, mm-hmm. in a more official way. But for now, it was kind of our secret internal thing. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and so, like, this point in my life, I was starting to share the stuff I was writing with more people. We had, like, an undergrad literary journal, mm-hmm. and I was okay. submitting some things yeah. there. And, um, you know, just kind of, like, trying to find a little more community. But I didn't study creative writing in undergrad. I studied um, English Lit and Spanish. And so, um, for me, this was, like... Uh, my own thing you know not you're an, having a lot of feelings not an academic thing <laughs> internally <laughs> you need to express them externally right. yeah. and for you it was through like, writing interesting. Yeah. yeah but I found a lot of friends that way and so we sure, all kind yeah. of were feeding each other on yeah um, what yeah. have you written lately that kind of stuff that's great and like I think in the in like the mid well I don't know what years you were in college but I'm gonna say uh mid like 2010s ish Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, early, early yeah. I think I wrote this one in like early 2011, probably. I was just gonna make a joke about how blogs could still be a secret. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, for sure. It's my I mean, secret yeah, side thing kinda. I do, but now there's like no such thing as like a <laughs> yeah secret blog. Not at all. But it's nice. That is nice. Um. Okay. So, would you like to read it for us? Do you have sure. any context? Do we need to know anything? Um. I don't think so. I'll I'll just read it and we can talk about it after. Sounds good. Hands. Ripples echo out across the lake while birds on either edge peck at the ground, pretending not to see each other. I have calluses on my hands. Through the trees, the leafless branches, the open window, sunlight waxes to full on the wooden floor beneath my feet. I am defined by my limits, these edges of shadows, bound by familiar cracks and cuts. Where have you come from and where are you going? The angel said to the girl in the book by my bed. I write in the language of the people I've known. My windows ice crystals are clacking from the bodies moving out and up and waking to each other, the stove, the smell of yesterday's buttered toast. My hand is not the hand of my grandfather, I say mostly to convince myself. Sometimes a ripple appears because of a fish below the water. Sometimes the wind makes itself known. Sometimes there are ripples when you can't feel the wind. I have wrinkles forming in the cracks of my hands. A bird, one of many, leaves its edge and flies across the middle of the lake, the knuckle of its lowered leg barely skimming the surface of the water. The idea that if I want to move my hand, it moves, can still astound me. <laughs> You're like... You I was going to say... I, I was it. very much uh, shaking my head through that poem. I was going to say, I saw <laughs> you shake your head. Excellent poet voice, though. Yeah. Oh, wow. Very good oh, reading voice. Okay, Could thanks. sell this poem. Right. I'll work on getting rid of that. <laughs> So, but, so tell me what it, what was, like, what's the smile, what's the smile and the shaking your head about? Like, pinpoint that emotion for us. Man, it just feels kind of traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh. Which point? Uh, well, one major one for me is the, sometimes a ripple appears, you know, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. of a fish. And it's like, what are you, yeah. You're sure. Um, or, let's see. I don't know. I some of it I I'm like cool, go you younger person. And yeah. then other parts I'm just like, "Oh man." 
Yeah. Whenever yeah. I was reading this, I was thinking about how like a lot. I I feel like I was always guilty of writing like too short of poems, but I also mm. had long ones every now and then, and I felt like uh, I just felt like sometimes it can take a really long time to say very little. You know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, I like, feel. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Well, no, it did, I, I like mean, it did seem like it was a zeroing in on this one really quick moment, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. and all the things that are happening in the interior interior self when those things, as you kind of like look out the window, um, at a. I was imagining a cabin on a lake. That's where I went. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel like if I w- ran across this poem written by a younger person, I would probably ask my younger self, like, where's the heart of this thing, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. Um, and there's, uh, to me, I think one of the things that's interesting is the point where the poem says... My hand's not the hand of my grandfather, mm-hmm. I say mostly to convince myself. Mm-hmm. There's something about like the emotion under there that's mm-hmm. not explained that I'm more interested in than some of the other stuff that's happening about like, I'm looking out a window. And yeah, then, right. we, go, you know, it's then like, we go right back outside. Right, yeah, yeah. you like yeah. jump right back out of it. Mm-hmm. Don't want to um, look at that, you know. So I would, like if I were talking to my younger self, I'd be like, what's happening there? Mm-hmm. What, what are you not saying, you know? It does mm-hmm. feel like, what I was kind of getting from it is it feels like the speaker or the like writer of the poem is trying to trying to ground some of the like that moment like you talk about with the hand and the grandfather and some of these are like I write in the language of people I've known, which are a little bit less concrete of ideas. So it's like almost using the nature imagery as like um, posts or something to kind of ground the piece, which makes a lot of sense. I think that that's like a good instinct and something that I think. I mean, from what I've seen of your work, makes like the nature imagery is being sort of the landscape for this um, some emotional exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. Whenever I was reading it, I still felt like like this is Jeremy's yeah, poem. This is still you know, Jeremy's like there was something poem, about sure. it where like there's like a not just like nature, but like there's like a reverence for nature. You know, yeah. there's like mm-hmm. something like meditative about it. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think when I think about this compared to stuff I've written more recently, I think those like hard transitions between two scenes mm, or like yeah. the exterior interior thing mm-hmm. is a thing that isn't as um, stark in my more recent yeah, stuff, right? Definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's. We'll it doesn't feel. It that. doesn't feel like there's transitions. It's just like in out in out. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So when you first wrote this poem, like as when it was first. A draft. In 2011, you're 21. Let me set the scene for you. Uh, (laughs) We are in the state of Uh, Indiana. I I probably (laughs) wrote this when I was studying abroad. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, so I I would have been in Mexico. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. But Um, thinking about the Midwest. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what, What did you think about the poem when you first, when you had first written it? Were you like, Hell yeah, this poem. Like, <laughs> you just you know? sat down your pen right. and you yeah. went and just looked out a window like, that's like, my best work. I did it. Right. <laughs> that's mm. what I did for everything I did. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm done here. I think this one for me is like one of those that I never felt super settled about, mm. um, but mm-hmm. felt like I was trying something or like it yeah. was, because I think before this I'd written, like I was saying, stories and then like a few poems that were shorter like Mm -hmm. kind of that standard like quarter half page poem that's one stanza whatever Mm -hmm. and um and this one's longer has multiple stanzas jumps around between things and i was like this is a thing other poets do you know yeah and um yeah to me it was like trying out some new stuff but it never felt super set yeah yeah but some of the things that i've still like you were all talking about nature imagery um, and also thinking about like family or mm-hmm. memory and like differences between one time period and another are things that I'm still, that I've always been really interested in. Right. So like I, I see myself there, but the approach is really different, I think, or yeah. it's somewhat different. De- definitely. Um, so did you ever, I mean, I don't know what your writing process was like when you were 21, but did you ever kind of say, 
when you're sitting down to write this poem, for example, were you ever kind of like, okay, I'm going to write a poem about nature and hands? Like, you know, or was there was there a goal that you had in mind or was it just more kind of like trying to get at something <laughs> in the process of writing the poem? Yeah. Um, so back then, especially, and I used to kind of think about writing as a thing where I'd think through it in my mind a lot and then like kind of let things germinate or like build on themselves or whatever mm -hmm. and then down the road when things were quiet no one else was around and I like actually had some time I would sit down and and do it which is like I mean still a little like what I do but I don't wait um to just like let things happen as right, much anymore yeah. like I I would purposefully make more space for writing um so I think like my grandfather is a character who appears in a lot of my stuff and um I've always really been interested so what I remember about writing this poem is like I had that part of it in mind yeah. and mm -hmm. didn't know what to like thread it with mm. um and so I think I sat down to write when I knew when I like had the bird on the lake Thing. right and I was like let's try that out and, and, see what and started like, weaving it in you know like, this shit rocks <laughs> <laughs> right I was just Bird like on a birds lake. you know <laughs> lakes no one's done this no right. yeah what if I put a bird on that lake <laughs> right exactly put a bird in it so um. you have a lake put a bird in it oh, that's funny <laughs> so before you were like looking through your work for to come on this podcast when was the last time that you had read this poem Oh, uh, a long time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, it's so, been like in the archives for. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had this. Um, there's this folder in my computer, where I think at the end of college I just threw everything in it, yeah. and I haven't looked at that since <laughs> like back then, pretty much. That's and awesome. so, um, I, when you asked me to bring like an old one and a new one, I went back and like looked around there and tried yeah. to find one that had some kind of theme or something that I still write about mm -hmm. and this was the one like that but yeah. so yeah it's been years <laughs> since 2011 yeah. maybe yeah um what's the name of that folder uh, <laughs> writing <laughs> very, very specific, easily yes. searchable yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like I always name my folder something really dumb <laughs> So I'm just curious. This is gonna, yeah. need, gonna need some no, like, older name examples. I'm really bad at that. Every time, I, like, if I were to do like a Control F in my computer, you would just get like seven folders that said writing. <laughs> yeah, and right. It's like cool. Thanks. Helpful. Past yeah, self. narrows yeah. it down for sure. Um, or it's like a folder within a folder within a. Fo That's what yeah. I always do. Is like nestle things within folders oh, until right. it's like yeah, impossible yeah. to figure out where it. it writing all one. <laughs> writing two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Seemed like a good idea at the time. And there's one in that called The Best Writing. <laughs> Version final, final. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Final, final. All caps, final. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so, I mean, you've touched on this a little bit, but I kind of want to think, I'm curious to hear about how, clearly these, this is still a topic that you write about. Um, nature imagery comes a lot, up a lot like family discussion of family um and almost like the the tie between like identity and place especially in a familial sense um so thinking back to then and even kind of transition and then like the movement movement from baby poet jeremy to dr jeremy what michael reed yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um how do you see that trajectory developing and like what was that a conscious choice to kind of like make your writing about these things what's sort of your philosophy on that um, so one of our teachers, Joy Harjo, um, has this thing that she says, which is that every writer seems to have, or a lot of writers seem to have like fields or areas that they work, right? Um, mm -hmm. or, and she said sometimes they're wounds. So her phrasing was like, we all have wounds we, we work mm -hmm. within. And, um, for me and a lot of other people, family and, and just like memory and and thinking about um, how the past informs who we think of ourselves as right now. Um, it has always been one of those. But I think when I was a, a baby poet, I wouldn't have been able to say that that clearly. Um, yeah. I, I did have a friend recently who was asking me about what my dissertation was, who I, <laughs> who I knew from college. Mm. And he was like, what's it about? And I was like going on about 
you know, blah, 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 this, this. You've written and, about it, like, And I'm, like, all caught so up in my times. own whatever. Right. And then at the end of it, I, I said something like, I mean, you know, it's about kind of how memory, and he jumped in the middle of my sentence. He's like, I was wondering when you were going to use the M word. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, like, he got you good. Yeah, I just felt, like, super sweet. Like, uh, <laughs> I like, have, yeah. Yeah. But so, like, even back then, I was, like, only a few hours away from where I grew up, and I was mm. all, like, where you know, what is this place and what is my family and how do I fit into them and <laughs> yeah. whatever. Now I, I think I think about it a little bit more like a lot of my poems are trying to f- understand better um, like all the different parts of what makes me who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think of a lot of different parts of that, but, um, you know, one aspect of it is being a Midwesterner and like yeah. a rural Midwesterner. Mm-hmm. Um, another part of it is... Um, being a white person, um, coming from a family where people didn't really go to college, um, especially in my dad's family, like mm-hmm. everyone's um, worked in the auto industry outside of Detroit, or were firefighters, or um, worked on the you know factory line or something, right. um, and then my dad worked in like retail stores most of my childhood and didn't finish college, um, and neither did my mom, and so like for me to find myself a few hours away without anyone I knew from my hometown, which had been a very small, close-knit hometown, and uh, in a context that my parents were excited about but, like, couldn't give me a lot of advice in. Sure. Um, I just found myself writing back, trying to, like, make some kind of connection. Um, and now I think I'm a little more, like, focused in on, like, what exactly were the elements of that that were specific to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So when you say trying to make that connection, do you mean, like, trying to almost like retrace like how it is that you even got to where you are if your like family history is more like about trade work and about um non-academic pursuits I guess is what I'm trying to say like are you trying to trace like how and why you diverged from that or was it just more like how it all how I don't know how to ask this question but I think back so when I wrote this poem I was a lot more anxious about it Mm, okay um, trying to figure out like I both want to be part of that story yeah and I'm like writing poems and what does that mean in this context where no one else writes poems right mm-hmm. or or um, even like reads a whole lot or something you know like um, so I was a lot more anxious about. about it yeah mm-hmm. back then and now I'm not <laughs> yeah I mean it's just like, like that's you really how it leaned is. in <laughs> yeah. you know, Dr. Right. Reed yeah I just uh yeah what was that decision like like you were in college and you were like thinking about all of these things and then you were like I'm gonna get a master's degree did that come immediately after college or did you take some time off or yeah I, um that's a good question so when I went into college I didn't know I think the highest degree I knew someone had gotten was a master's because mm. some of my teachers in high school mm. had one um, but not all and so I went into college thinking I'd be a high school teacher mm. um, and then I got there and within a semester was like nope because <laughs> I saw like, all of these I want to be a college teacher right yeah. I mean not too far off the mark but I realized like you know college teachers the thing that appealed to me was that they get to make their own syllabi they like mm-hmm. make up a lot of stuff and didn't mm-hmm. have as many rules around it <laughs> you know and so then I was meeting the first people I'd ever met who had PhDs yeah and um I was like that sounds cool but didn't know what I would get it in and that was like a thing I wrestled about all through college and so by the end of it I applied to a whole bunch of things and got into a um like a fully funded MA in English program and so that was really appealing because it wasn't a terminal or final degree mm-hmm. um, and I could go do it for a couple years and still not Test feel tied to any one thing yeah. um, and so I moved to Missoula Montana and did that for a couple years and then still didn't know what I wanted to do <laughs> and so I um, I just worked as a college prep tutor and tried to figure it out for a year and while I was doing the like more academic English degree I was writing poems mm. at night, mm-hmm. and then when I took the year off, it was just like a lot more poems. Um, and I realized at some point, like the writing's on the wall a little bit. Yeah. Like I should maybe focus Literally. on this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, right. And so, um, so then I decided to apply for schools that were creative writing focused. So it was like not only that you were still writing in while you're in school, but even when out of school and you're not doing those pursuits necessarily, and you're still writing, it's kind of like a 
oh, uh, this is maybe a thing right. that I enjoy doing and should see if I can continue to study. Yeah, that's important to me. And, and I felt like, you know, I, I had not taken a lot of courses in poetry or in creative writing. And so I was like, I, I think there's a lot I can learn from going yeah, back to school for that. Absolutely. And, um, and just like being around other people. Cause I'd been doing a lot of it on my own. I mean, my, at, at that point, girlfriend and now wife, um, read my stuff and I read her stuff. But outside of that one-to-one, like I didn't have a lot of readers or anything at that point. So, um, so I was looking for my people. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so then I, I went to school and I found like more friends to show things. Yeah. To didn't marry. Didn't have to send them to just <laughs> one person. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. When, it, when you said my wife, I had a really hard time not going, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You were, in your head, you were like, what kind of podcast is this? <laughs> Comedy or drama. Right. You just know. need like a fart sound yeah. board. <laughs> um, just really run the full gamut of it. Juror. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I feel like you're like, it's like we're touching on this, but I want to hear more about it. So was there a turning point or a moment like in your writing or in your education or in what you were reading? Because I know you're uh, very well read. Voracious. Voracious reader. Um, That influenced the new new piece or the way you think about writing in general. Like, does it feel like there was a a shift for you um, in terms of thinking about writing and thinking about your own writing? Yeah. I mean, I think there are a lot of shifts, um, sure. but one, one major one, which we were kind of just talking about, but I could say a little more about is mm-hmm. the, um, is that year after my MA when I was working and not in school, um, and was writing a lot. And I think that that was a big shift where I just had more time and because it was, because of it being a college prep tutor thing, I could only work after school when everyone was out of school. Right. So I had the days, um, that they were in school to myself. And so I wrote a lot, um, and it was all really bad, <laughs> um, but, uh, That's the name of the game. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Shitty first draft. But, um, <laughs> Thanks for playing. Yeah. Right. Hashtag. Um, so, but I wrote. We set the title in the show. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It must be important. That's like when you read a book of poetry and then you find the title poem. Oh, and you're just yes. Like, I you're found like, it. You know, like, the key. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, how does this? Um, anyway. Right, anyway. It's um, like finding the, oh, I don't actually know if that's the right word. I was going to say the codex. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Anyway. Um, the map on the back of the Declaration of Independence or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, you know. The exactly. thing that, sorry. The you're suddenly, saying a very like, nice and lovely thing and we're... You suddenly become Nicolas Cage. <laughs> right. It so happens. It happens. A living nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> I, so for me, the the Nicolas Cage moment was... Um, riding Rose a, from the flames. Riding a ton of... Your hair uh, got on weird. your motorcycle. Right, exactly. Yeah. Ghost Rider. So um, I wrote an, a lot of poems and... I think just through the sheer fact of doing that became more confident in myself. Mm. Um, and so I also have, so I have the folder in my computer that's the college writing folder. I have another folder in my computer that's like Montana writing folder. Also titled, also titled writing. writing. Super <laughs> helpful. Um, but in that one, like at some point I looked and I think I wrote like a couple hundred poems or something. And, wow. and now I like maybe someday there'll be a chapbook. Like, that's how many sure, were, like, yeah. definite throwaway um, <laughs> poems. But um, by the end of all of that, I just felt, like, a lot better about drafting and about, yeah. like, getting stuff down and didn't feel like I had in college when I was, like, waiting for... Inspiration. Inspiration yeah, to, like, bolt. make its way to the point where I could sit down and write a poem. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I'm going to write a thing because I had this one line idea. Yeah see where it goes um and that freed me up a lot i feel like that i hear that advice like all the time or like that story and it always like bums me out because i'm like i should be doing more (laughs) (laughs) like does that always have to be the answer i mean (laughs) i don't think it is but i do think it makes i mean it makes a lot of sense it's like why they do like drills in the army you know because they have to like do it you have to get it like it's almost like muscle memory. It becomes like, yeah, just like habit. Ira Glass has this great video. Um, well, it's a it's an you audio mean, recording. Ira Glass. Yes, has a great <laughs> video. 
Sorry. And it's called um, Taste or something. And it's about, like, building up. Like, you have to have good taste before you can, like, be good at creating art or mm-hmm. something. So you have to, like, learn what's good. <laughs> Metaphorical taste. And then keep yeah. writing. Mm-hmm. And then so you learn how to recognize, like, what's good. And he's like, I don't know, write a story a week. Like, write a story a month. And, like, I that always bounces around my head where I'm like what if I just wrote a story a week and just like wrote it and then just put it away and didn't and just, look yeah, at it yeah let it while. be garbage but I'm like mm-hmm. I want to sit down and write a story start to finish and be done and like have it ready mm-hmm. which is like I'm just very so impatient the antithesis of yeah. yeah which is why we started this podcast to my brain <laughs> right. well, so we're like how do other people do it can we steal your ideas yeah, yeah. I, so we're burnouts right <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We were both published in the last month. Hey, <laughs> we were. I so I used to be a little anxious about um, like producing and mm. get like doing stuff, and so that year that I was just writing for myself and no one else was watching it was important. But also a, an important point for me was a teacher telling me that if you wrote like one poem a week, by the end of a year you'd have like a more than a book. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, like, you could throw some of those out, but like, it's after like the two years, Nino Remo philosophy. Yeah, like that you could do one, right? And yeah. I was like, oh, I could do one. You know, I can keep that pace up, maybe. I was trying. Um, sorry. And so, yeah, that like helped me relax a little bit about it. Yeah, that's good advice. That is really good advice. But fifty-two. Po- I mean, yeah, that is a lot of poems. Yeah, you could throw some out. I think. Um, like Ocean Wong's book, I think has like thirty some. Really? Yeah. His book feels so. I know. Yeah, they're just thirty some really good poems, you know. Yeah. But, I just can't. I can't even like verbally express like fifty or something like. Well, way it's more, than more that? Pages, oh, pages, right? So it's like eighty some pages for a full length. But he does pretty long skinnies. He does some long ones. Um, <laughs> Tell me about him. <laughs> some of his pieces are like uh, playing with form and stuff, so that kind of scatters yeah, it across the page. But interesting. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, more on that. Well, I was also more thinking, um, like, um, Jamal May says that when he was submitting his first book, that he, it was like right at the limit, like forty or forty-eight pages or something, yeah. whatever the minimum is. And it was, like, right there. And then he turned it in, and they were, like, I mean, I think they made edits and stuff, but it was pretty much the same length. And then it turned into a book, which is a much smaller format than a Word doc, and it was suddenly, like, 80 pages or something for him. So That's true. um, Yeah, Yeah, a poem on a a little, a poem on an eight and a half by 11 is very different from a poem on a book page. Right. That's true. Which Mm. I forget sometimes. Yeah, super, super duper. (laughs) You could just make your book, like, eight and a half by 11. No one wants to carry around an eight and a half yeah. <laughs> poetry book. It's like a book. coloring book. Yeah. <laughs> Chunky. Um, so when you were, I mean, again, kind of already touched on this, but yeah. who did you look up to as a young writer and why? When you're 21, who are, are you still reading um, Ginsburg <laughs> and Whitman? Let's get 21-year-old Jim. No. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I liked those people, but I was reading, let's see. I took a poetry, like literature class, American poetry, mm. 20th century American poetry, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and with a friend of mine, and we he found in some used bookstore this CD, uh, like multiple CDs in this like old plastic case thing. Yeah, <laughs> that you that had all these recordings of old famous poets on it. Right? Cool. And so when we would read the person in class, but then we'd go back to his place and we'd listen to some poem that they had recorded for Academy of American Poets or something. That's awesome. And um, one of the ones that really struck me back then was Theodore Ritke, mm. um, in part because his poems are, are really interesting and um, also like interesting for me in, in some of the things that they use or like approaches they use. But then we went back to his house and listened and he had this like really song-like voice, like mm. very rhythmic and like, so now when I read his stuff, I just like hear his voice right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but so for me, that was one. I, I also probably was first, and I didn't know about him before that class. Um, also, same with like Ann Sexton and Frank O'Hara and 
although like my stuff's not really like him but like my idea of poetry was just like expanding a lot and Mm -hmm. um getting to hear them in their own voices it made me think of them as normal people or like Mm -hmm. real people Mm -hmm. rather than just like anthologized poems or something right yeah (laughs) get a little less stuffy humanizes it for sure um so that was happening around this time for sure I mean, my work, in the, and we can talk about this with the newer poem too, but um, I think just like naturally I tend toward repetition mm-hmm. and um, Rick, he does that a lot. So that appealed mm-hmm. to me for sure. Yeah. What a natural segue. I was say, <laughs> thanks for just lobbing yeah, that one just right throwing on for it us. Out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What can you tell us about this poem you're about to read your new poem you said it was written your first year my first year in my PhD, your PhD at UT yeah so um I had another kind of big turning point that year which was that I had a teacher um Art Smith who saw me like naturally doing the repetition thing and um interested in language but also interested in telling some kind of a story mm-hmm. um and he challenged me to try to write in forms, which I hadn't really done. Like the first poem I read is just like down the left-hand side of the page, right. like pretty standard few stamps poem, um, free verse. And so he was like, try forms, but not just any forms, try to find forms that really up the repetition thing yeah. and see what happens. And so I started doing that that year and immediately even though like in the interim in Montana, I'd been writing about like nature and environmental stuff and trying to figure, you know, that out in a new landscape, completely new landscape to me mm-hmm. in the mountains and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, then when I started doing the, the like really repetition stuff, my family came back and I started writing about that a lot more. Yeah. Um, and so then with this poem that spring, Nikki Finney came to campus and she gave a reading and as part of her reading, she gave us a prompt which was to write about our earliest memory Mm. um and that's what this poem is awesome yeah take it away yeah all right hand stitched the sky was apricots the moon a sliver buckeyes on ground apples above you smell the poem before you see it a blurred edged memory becomes clear Fruit under feet, groundhog to dirt, sun, the sky, apricots, the moon, silver. All is remembering. Orchards, warm dirt, a rough hand, the wind. You smell the poem. You see it. Words fall forward over memory. Say, carry what you have. Stay with it. The sky was apricots. The moon, a sliver. Words breathe, build, spell, hold this text stitched with cotton. You smell the poem, then you see it. My grandfather's hand hanging down, holding mine, my elbow loose, swinging. The sky was apricots, the moon a sliver. Smell the poem, see it. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like someone who's like a super fan and I was like, I remember his old work. This like, really. <laughs> because of the earlier yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, right. I was like, yeah, I love grandfather's hands. We're back. <laughs> right, right, right. We're back, we're He's back, like yeah. taking it back all the way back. I, yeah, you know? I swear these are the only two poems about his hands. But I was kind of like, I gotta bring those two. Yeah, I mean, this really is this clear. poem in a yeah. form. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at recognizing forms. Yeah, so this one's a villanelle. Mm. So the the first and third line of the first stanza are the ones that keep coming back. Love it. Um, and then they come back at the end. Mm-hmm. And I will say, so the line, you smell the poem before you see it, is a line that Finney was talking about that day from uh, Denise Levertov's letters. So that's like her mm-hmm. sentence. And I was just like, that is a really it's weird, beautiful. interesting yeah. s- sentence. Um, and so that's where that came from. Yeah. What I, li- I like this poem a lot, and I think... Because I read it, and it, you know, the first sentence, the sky was apricots. I'm like, yes, let's go. Take me on this journey, you know? Because <laughs> it, like, just dives right in. It's not, like, it's not trying to be a poem. You know, mm-hmm. like, a lot of, like, when you first start out writing, you're like, the sky was orange and 
full of tears like apricots or something. You know, like you really try to like, yes, apricots, simile, simile, simile. Right, right, right. (laughs) Well, yeah, and I'm thinking back to the first one too where I'm like, ripples echo out. And it's like, what the heck am I looking at? And then in this one, it's just like the sky. You know, it was apricots. Yeah, just, it the is. moon is there. Right. You know? Yeah. It's a super, it's a much more immediate opening. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, it, it, again, I mean, I think it's, I think these are two great poems to talk about because it, clearly those themes of like the same themes we talked about, but even just some of the same like, okay, I'm going to put you in a place and then I'm going to make you feel some feelings mm-hmm. and that's going to be the poem, you know? And I think that that, um, yeah, it's just a really, I think for me, a really, clear trajectory that like this these are things that you're still thinking about still considering still working through mm-hmm. um and just found form a form that has helped you explore that in a different way yeah it's it's interesting i think that my so whereas the memory was like the kind of like hinted at but not super dealt with thing yeah. in the first poem this one to me feels like it's more what it's about um like mm-hmm. more fully and um and just like I don't know. One of the things I think a lot about is how all memories are pretty fragmented, even the ones that you think you remember really clearly. Yeah. Um, like someone else in the room would remember it really differently, or you in one year versus the next year would remember it really mm-hmm. differently. Or if someone mm-hmm. reminds you of this other element, suddenly it sh- looks really different than you had been thinking about before. And mm-hmm. so to me, like this poem versus the last one is like much more one scene. Right. But you haven't lost the fragmentedness or fragmentation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fragmentation. Fragmentation. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but it doesn't feel as like boom, boom, boom. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when, I think I'm, it's going to be a similar question, but when you were setting out to write this poem, you had the, you had the form. But d- were you setting out, again, did you have a goal in mind? Were you setting out to write a poem that is it? Well, I guess you talked about it with Nikki Finney. So... Yeah, so I, I have use the, the M word. Memory. Yeah, is there is still it's still just like your um, <laughs> Ars <like>, Poetica. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that, but yeah, oh, yeah mem- no. memory is there for sure. My friend would know I wrote this one. Yeah. Potentially. The um so with this one I had the first and the third line and I had the prompt which was like write about your earliest memory and so for me, my earliest memory is walking back from like the back area of the property at my grandparents' house with my grandfather um, and him like leading me back to the house. And so the Buckeyes on the ground and the apples above is like us making our way back. And so mm-hmm. I, I had that. And the thing that's helpful about a villanelle or any, any like form like this is that like half the poem is kind of already written, right? right? Mm-hmm. Those lines have to come back somehow. Mm-hmm. So um, you're just kind of like finding your way to those, which helped a lot. Yeah, it gives you a little bit of a roadmap. Yeah, and a jump start. Yeah, I think the form also lends itself really well to memory and the fragments and stuff like that. So I think maybe it was harder for me to see the form because I was like, because in context, it makes so much sense because mm-hmm. um, it leans into those, I don't know, ideas in the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't really thinking about this, but that's like a Ritke thing too, right? Um, his poem... The waking is all about that, and it's mm-hmm. a it's a villanelle too. Yeah. yeah, so it's all. I mean, but I wasn't. Compa- I don't think I was thinking yeah, about, thinking about it. But, but it's that, still like, in there, right? Yeah, it's still that in idea head. of like memory being important to those repetitive forms is mm-hmm. not. That is like a not my idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like <laughs> come clean. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like with this poem. Um, like you very clearly had an objective. You were like, I'm setting out to do this thing. I'm setting out to answer this prompt in this way with these lines. Um, do you do you think that that's something that you've come to with a lot of your work? Or is that still, like, do you always know where you're headed? You sit down, you write a poem, you're like, I mean, not always. Nobody can say always, but mm-hmm. I, I do think, you feel more sure, I guess, is what I'm maybe I think saying. generally I feel less sure. Like, um, I think that, you know, when I was younger, I would sit down and write when I finally had thought I figured it out, you know, or knew where I wanted to go. Yeah. Um, and so I would wait for the idea to like mature or something mm-hmm. to the point I felt like I knew where it was going to go. And, um, and I know it sounded like I was saying that with this one, <laughs> but like with this, you know, I've got those, those few lines, 
but I don't really know how I'm going to get there yeah. at all. And I'm just going to kind of walk into it and figure it out. Um, and usually when I'm sitting down to write a poem, especially if it's not a formal one, which, you know, a lot of my stuff isn't necessarily, right. um, I am a lot more open now to just like starting with a couple lines and just being like, what could I say next? You know, um, I don't know. Building, you know, and then, <laughs> building it you know, as you're going rather than waiting you're for it like, to be built. Yeah, and then you're more confident and you're not knowing or like trusting the process. And like when yeah. you go to the page, you're like, I'll figure it out. I'm going to just go there now. <laughs> yeah. And if I don't figure it out, I, I can toss it. You know, like yeah. I don't feel kept to like every page that I pull out of my notebook or something. You know, like. I mean, not all your ideas are brilliant and worthy right. of Which being kept you, forever. You think when you're young, right? <laughs> or like, yours. I gotta make this count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and now I'm just like crumple, you know. You're like, yeah. 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 Another dumb right. thought. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two days later, I'm like, what was I thinking? Yeah, you know, throw it away. But That's why you just tweet everything. <laughs> <laughs> Never throw anything away. Yeah, that's on the internet forever, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have more things to say? Do you have more things to tell us? Do you have questions hmm. for us? Do you want to turn the tables? Jeremy? Do I want to turn the tables? I do want to turn the tables. But what are your hopes? What are your dreams? You. <laughs> no, right. Yeah, I, I mean... I, I don't have more questions. I've exhausted my preparation. So, do you have any final thoughts about that process from um, a less polished, less polished version to a more polished version? Hmm. Not to put you completely on the spot. Yeah. No. I. He didn't um, even know he was going to be on a podcast. <laughs> put we him just on the spot. Off the street. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think that you know when I think about the. The differences between, I think that the second one just feels to me like I'm more okay staying in a single place and looking around. Mm. Um, Mm. Whereas with the first one, I was like, I'm going to try out this new thing and write a longer poem and see what happens. And but then also felt like I had to make things interesting or change or turn or Mm -hmm. whatever every stanza. Mm -hmm. And in this one, it's like one thing I can't figure out, you know, or one thing I can't remember um, very well, you know. Um, And yeah, and that that's a that's enough for a poem, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. If our uh, listeners want to read this poem, is it published anywhere? It is. It. <laughs> um, so I wrote it in in 2016, and was like, oh yeah, I like this poem, and sent it out. At, like in every packet of things and it mm. got rejected and rejected and rejected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like I kept revising it and it eventually got published in Whale Road Review awesome. which is a, a really cool yeah. online journal. Tongue twister right. too. Yeah. And edited, whale Woo Right. No, yeah, edited by Katie Manning and they do they do really cool work. That's so, awesome. Um, you could find it online. Love a good journal plug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so kind of to wrap things up, um, tell us What's new with you? What what are you working on? Where can plug um, a journal? Where can maybe find your you? journal? Yeah, <laughs> where can people follow you creepily? <laughs> on social media? Um, well, it's not creepily. Mm-hmm. The best of intentions. Right, right. You well, so my you can go to my website. JeremyMichaelReed dot com. Yeah. That's um, J E R. Yeah, right. <laughs> all of all my social media stuffs on there. Um, <laughs> What am I working on? I so I'm working now on not shocker. I'm working on a project about my hometown. <laughs> and, um, yeah, but but thinking a little bit more about like the the different versions of history that we're given and mm. and how we learn to tell those versions of it. My hometown is a really like historically minded place and has like a huge um, like historical section to the town with big, big Victorian houses and. Yeah. Um, like 19th century Main Street and stuff. And so um, they're really into all of that. And also, though, there are all these, like, foundational stories around how the town came to be and who the people were who lived there. Mm -hmm. And I'm writing a bit about one of those foundational stories that has more to do with race. Mm. Um, and so the larger book has to do with being in the rural Midwest as a white person and what does that mean? Um, And, like, how did I learn what that meant? Um, So that's kind of what I'm writing about now. Um, Yeah. Was there any other questions? 
Um, I was just trying to get you to mention Grist. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just finishing up. Uh, I was going to say, um, yeah. Ten the, years ending. I've been the editor of Grist, a journal of the literary arts, um, <laughs> for a couple years and on the staff for a couple years before that, too. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a great journal that everyone should submit to. But, um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it a lot. And it, and it uh, definitely right. opened my eyes to, like, the other parts of writing, like sending your stuff out right. and trying to work to get it published. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, and now I work with Sundress as a book mm-hmm. editor. Um, which is really fun, and I do mainly poetry for that. But awesome, yeah. Um, so we are also online, and we're at uh, <laughs> what follow. an excellent segue! I know it's great. Um, uh, follow us, interact with us. We love attention. Can't you tell? <laughs> we're shitty first drafts on literally everything uh, except S- email. Right? We're SFD podcast. Oh, SFD podcast. S F d podcast so that's twitter and instagram and then our email is sfdpodcast at gmail.com yeah i didn't I, yeah send I us an want, email yeah i don't know what don't send us any spam <laughs> none of that spam <laughs> but like um, if you have to send an email to 10 people or um the ghost will come haunt you tonight you can send it to us yeah <laughs> we love that we love so that. kind uh, we can be on like, that. We'll list. be that. We'll be, we'll be that we'll email that for, you. for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, slowly but surely becoming the same person. Um, what do you really think of Jeremy? Email us at SFD Podcast. <laughs> um, also, I don't know. Like, comment, subscribe. Yeah. I, I don't know. Gonna... I heard iTunes reviews are important. I don't well, really yeah. know about them. Please follow us at SFD Podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, Tune in next time for another episode. There will be more. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Good night, New York. (laughs) We know what we're doing. (laughs) In this podcast, we want to not only find out how pieces of writing were made, but also how writers were made is what I wrote. And then I said, am I my own shitty first draft? (laughs) Did you see my joke after that? No. Where is it? I wrote, and in that moment, I swear we were our own (laughs) shitty first draft. (laughs) That should be our bio.